Hey guys, welcome back to this week's podcast. In this episode, I'm talking about seven Asperger symptoms that you probably didn't know were actually traits. I had a lot of fun with this um, because, you know, it's something that people aren't always aware of and I find out like, yeah, this is this is something that could be of benefit to somebody. So please let me know how you thought of, of uh, this podcast by hitting me up on Twitter and Instagram at the Aspie world. Let me know what you thought. It'd be super awesome to hear from you. Okay, enjoy. I'm talking about seven Asperger's symptoms that you didn't know were actually traits coming up. Guys, let's get into it. So, Asperger's symptoms that are like kind of not just uncommon, just things that people wouldn't normally associate as being um, something for Asperger's syndrome. Okay, so the first one is repetitive behavior. And you might be like, oh, Dan, everybody knows that people on the autism spectrum love repetitive behavior because they love routines and routines are everything, right? Well, there are some people who have um, be able to create coping mechanisms for other things like, you know, they may have an autism spectrum condition, but they may not show that because they have made coping mechanisms and they may mask and they may do all these things. So this video is just a kind of a, just an interesting video to show insight to things that you may have like skipped over in people's lives. So one of them is repetitive behavior. Now repetitive behavior could be down to things like if someone likes to make the same thing to eat every single day and then they get up, they go to work, they come home for lunch and then they have the same thing every single day. Then they come home from work at the end of the day and then they um, maybe play about with like RC racing cars um, and then they, you know, go upstairs, watch their favorite show, read the same newspaper and then they go to bed. And they do that same thing every single day. Now, this repetitive behavior is something that becomes kind of almost not obsessive, but it's something that they rely on. And so when that is taken away from them or there's a change in that routine, they may become distressed, they may feel like overwhelmed and this is a huge one. This is like this is like autism 101. But in terms of people who may not already be diagnosed, you know, this kind of behavior is is super super interesting. So repetitive behavior is something that um, I was always doing before I was diagnosed that I didn't realize was associated with an autism spectrum condition, which I find just fascinating. Okay, so number two is something that we don't really talk about a lot, and they're tics. Now tics are a little bit different to stims. So when people refer to autism and they talk about stimming, stimming is like self-esteem military behavior, which could be like rocking in a chair or flapping of hands or, or using, um, you know, like, uh, like fidget spinners or something to kind of soothe th themselves um, and having kind of like just sensory stimuli basically from things that are sensory pleasing. Now, in terms of ticks, ticks are involuntary like flicks or, or like small things that happen when you don't realize they're happening. So in uh, Tourette syndrome, ticks are very commonly associated with like aggressive shouting or they may use swear words or they cuss or something like that or they make weird noises um, and those those typically are tics that's what we know as tics but with Asperger's syndrome you can have tics and for instance one of my tics is I hit my chest and I go <coughs> like this and I hit my chest I don't know why I do it, it just kind of like I strain, I strain myself and I like push my shoulders back and I strain and I put my test like this. Sometimes it turns into a stim where I like rock my arms back, but usually it's um, it's a tick and then I cough and I hit my chest all the time. Happens all the time. Um, and this tick, uh, I've had this tick for years and years and years and it was uh, made apparent to me when, when we were going through the diagnosis process, uh, my girlfriend had to like write a list of things uh, to show with the doctor, you know, what, why do you think, you know, what evidence would you say? What kind of unusual quirks does Dan have that, you know, typically neurotypical people wouldn't have? And 
and this was one of them. Okay, so number three is antisocial behavior. Now, antisocial behavior, and I don't mean this in the fact that you know you're a yob and you go outside with like you know alcohol cans and shout at people. That's not like the antisocial behavior I'm trying to talk about. Antisocial behavior in the way where you are more likely to spend your afternoon in a library researching something than going out with friends and having like you know a fun time in, in a bar or going to play sports or something like that. Or you're really obsessed with video gaming and you're not really bothered about friends as much as you are your research topic or your gaming that you're into. Now this type of thing comes from a mixture of anxiety and also a mixture of um, social misunderstanding. So people with an autism spectrum condition have a slightly different understanding of uh, you know, how to communicate socially with other people. So this makes it difficult for them. So it could lead to them wanting to be more reclusive and be in their home. And also they enjoy the, um, the secludedness of just a quiet time, having that uh, time to just chill out and not really have to worry about you know, noise and smells and sounds and, and other stimuli that could really trigger you. So, you know, if you're a person, uh, you know, who is on the spectrum and you enjoy that, you know, that reclusiveness, that's awesome. I absolutely love it. I'd love to just sit down and research something and go out to a party. That's my personal one. So again, this is kind of a trait that you'd see in somebody. And again, in myself, when I was going through my diagnosis process, I was going through this and my girlfriend was like, okay, well, Dan doesn't really like to go anyway. You know, he loves to just do his own thing in his room or when I was at my parents' house. And, and that's kind of very interesting and again a super top one like people don't really talk about when we talk about um, Asperger's like traits and things like that. Okay so number four is one of my personal favorites. This one is fussy eating. Now um, the fussy eating can overlap with repetitive behavior. So for instance when I was a child I was super fussy eating. Well I am super fussy eating anyway but when I was really young um, my parents had a hard time trying to find food that I really liked but I really liked one type of food which is like roast vegetables with gravy and stuff like that um, and I just wanted that all the time and so my mum actually like prepped meal like made loads of them and like we froze some and then like and I'd have that every single day and it was one of like the best experiences of my life was having that same meal every single day and I loved it. Now um, having uh, you know fussiness with food is super super interesting because it relates directly to something called sensory processing disorder. Now when someone is fussy with their food through textures or smells or, or, or temperatures all of this stuff is down to how their body is perceiving the sensory input from this thing. Now this again is a super super uh, a diagnostic factor when you're looking at diagnosing criteria for people on the spectrum and it's super interesting I found it just just fascinating okay guys so number five is depression okay so this is something that we don't really talk about a lot but very very commonly occurring and most mostly all of the time occurring with Asperger's syndrome is that when people have Asperger's syndrome, they do suffer from depression. Unfortunately, it's, a, it's something that happens because of the way that the, the autistic brain interacts with the world around them. They are susceptible to things like depression and high anxiety and things like that and stress and all, all kinds of stuff. I mean, for me personally, I've had like alopecia, my hair like falling out in different places and I've had depression, been on antidepressants, but it's so common that, um, you know, people just, they they treat it and they don't really say, oh goodness, yeah, this is another causing factor that is a comorbid, a co-occurring condition within an autism spectrum diagnosis. So if you're somebody, um, you know, who, who has a lot of these traits going on, like I was, and also had like de depression, this again leads to a more strong and successful diagnosis of Asperger's syndrome, or it now is autism spectrum disorder. That is something to always remember, that depression strikes people with autism and um, it's super, it's a, like almost like a, like a really obvious trait, if that 
that makes sense. Okay, so number six is something that like, this is super interesting. Number six is short-term memory loss. Now, short-term memory loss is simply um, something that's very, very common with autism. Now, when you have, uh, you know, you're on the spectrum uh, and you're uh, having uh, issues with short-term memory, but you have a great long-term memory. Like for instance, I can remember most of the stuff that happened to me all of my life, like going through the 90s, growing up, you know, even when I was a little kid growing, growing up, growing up, and it's even conversations I have with people are the most like bizarre kind of like just niche conversations that you probably wouldn't even think of. I remember pretty much every single thing about those, and almost like in picture format. So in my mind, it's in a picture, but okay, it's black and white to an extent because I don't really remember things that well in color. But it is picture format, and I can definitely pick out the details, and I love that. But if I go walk into the house and my mom's like, "Hey, um, can you go to the kitchen and get me that cup?" I'll like walk into the kitchen and be like, instantly, I have no idea what I'm doing. I just forget instantly. Or if somebody says to me, "This is the worst one," if some people say, "Hey, Dan, on the 12th of this date, you need to go here." Look, if I don't write that down and get Siri on my iPhone to tell me when that is going to occur, it's not gonna happen and I just absolutely fail at it. And this is really common with the way the autistic brain um, processes information, it will start filtering the information into the long-term memory bank, but in the short term, it just forgets that information um, and it's quite clumsy with it. And it's super interesting and that's a, a huge trait of an autism spectrum condition and something that we should always be aware of when dealing with new diagnosis or looking at yourself, even if you're already diagnosed there is help available for building uh, short-term memory uh, resilience and like you know uh, helping overcome issues that it may have uh, like I use different types of apps okay guys so number seven and this is the, the final one is stuttering right this is this is super interesting stuttering is a trait that I had all my life growing up until uh, I was about 15 or 16 I do stutter sometimes still but I've overcome that because I've been more conscious about it now uh, you know stuttering or having a stammer is when you kind of like uh, you know you can't get the word out and you stutter a little bit. Now, when I was a kid, this was really bad. My brother used to make fun of me and all this kind of stuff because, you know, older siblings are horrible sometimes. And um, yeah, the, the stutter was a huge one for me because like, I, I didn't really know what was going on. It kind of gets worse when I'm under pressure or I'm under stress. It gets worse when I'm trying to do things or I'm flustered. Um, and it was really, really strong when I was a kid. I would say up until I was about 15, it was super bad. Um, and it stopped me doing a lot of things. It kind of gave me uh, some issues with like, wanting to go out and actually make friends and socialize along with all the other stuff that comes with an autism spectrum diagnosis. Um, but in terms of having a stutter, this is another key indicator that an autism spectrum condition does come with a stutter because of simple things like it is uh, how your brain is communicating, your brain's running a bit faster than your mouth can get out, and it could cause all kinds of uh, you know neurological conditional issues that come out comorbidly with it, and stuttering is definitely one of those. Okay guys, uh, number eight, and this is, I, I don't normally do this, but this is like a bonus one for you. I want to give you guys number eight. So number eight for me is obsessive interest. Like I feel like this is something that's missed a lot of the time because they look for things like, you know, they, do they socialize? Can they communicate? Uh, do, do people make eye contact? These are how they categorize, you know, autism diagnostic um, at, the, at a very basic level. I'm not talking about this is like the clinical kind of academic version. I'm just saying that this is like typically how people kind of identify autism in people. But one of the things that I think is greatly missed is the obsessional interest and the obsessive interest of some people that they get, they dive directly into something and they're like, wow, this is amazing. And they, they just dive straight in and they just love the subject that they just get completely overwhelmed with and they'll buy everything to know on that subject. They'll read about it. They'll visit that that place of the subject interest. And um, it becomes an obsession, an obsession, obsession. And then they'll just quit that and then go to another obsession. And this is very, very common that they'll have one obsession and then move on to another obsession. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is very, very common. And I think this is something that we all should take note of as well when an autism spectrum condition. And it should always 
be encouraged because having that knowledge base could lead to a really good career maybe, I don't know. 